Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in listening to more podcasts like this, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor and a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed by past, present, and future guests of Zendependently Minded have not been expressed by me, and they may not be shared by me. The views and opinions that I express on Zendependently Minded are, of course, satirical. Come on, guys. If this is a hard concept for you to grasp and you're listening to this episode and you're confused, stop, take a deep breath, and do this thought experiment. If you like what I said, maybe you can assume and you can tell yourself that it's my real opinion. If you don't like what I said, just convince yourself that this is satire, because this podcast is satire. And this is, of course, a character. Nobody would have these real opinions, would they? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. How's it going, guys? It's your boy, Harley Pasternak, alleged Hollywood trainer that's responsible for the misdiagnosis and non-consensual medication and imprisonment of Kanye West. Also allegedly, 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 a million times over, air quotes, guys, allegedly, many, many, many of Harley Pasternak's A-list Hollywood celebrity clients that he has have overdosed on drugs, which is weird. It's really weird. I wouldn't want that kind of reputation if I'm a supposed A-list Hollywood celebrity trainer. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm going to get straight into it. Actually, I lied. I'm not going to get straight into it. Here's a preview of the topics that I'm going to be discussing on today's episode of Zendependently Minded. The Italian Prime Minister, she made uh, Georgia Maloney. If you guys don't know her, you'll know her. You'll you'll get to know her over the the next couple years, especially through this podcast, because I'm going to be talking about everything that she does, good, bad, in the middle, whatever. So I'm going to be talking about her. Going to be talking about an outrageous headline and an article posted in the Atlantic asking and pleading for quote-unquote COVID amnesty. That's probably going to be the bulk of this episode, and I hope you guys can turn down the volume because I'm probably going to get a bit fiery with that one. Next thing I'm going to talk about is Kyrie Irving getting suspended by the NBA, going to talk a little bit more about Kanye West and freedom of speech, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is the pending war in Asia, which could be if Russia, Ukraine is not World War III, North Korea and South Korea and China and Taiwan will be World War III. And yes, America will, be, will get involved. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. Oh, and one more thing before I get into the, the meat of the episode. I want to explain my intro. So Harley Pasternak, if you guys don't know, is a very, very, very famous Hollywood trainer. And recently, with regardless of all how you feel about the situation going on with Kanye West, regardless of how you feel about what he said, regardless of how you feel about what he tweeted, posted on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Forget Kanye West. Forget your preconceived notions on Kanye West. I'm going to read a text that Harley Pasternak, who, by the way, was Kanye West's trainer in the past, of course. He was one of, Kanye was one of his clients. He was the one who was there when Kanye West, he was at Kanye West's house, Kanye West was at his house actually, when Harley called the police on Kanye and got him 
taken against his will and institutionalized, diagnosed, quote-unquote, with bipolar disorder, I believe, and then medicated. So, this is the same person, okay? Just keep that in mind. This is a text from Harley to Kanye West that Kanye tweeted out, and I'm assuming this is real. It could turn out that these are fake, but if they're fake, it's not my fault. I'll recant my statements and, and erase everything that I've said about Harley. He said, I'm going to help you one of a couple ways. First, you and I sit down and have a loving and open conversation, but you don't use cuss words, and everything that is discussed is based in fact, and not some crazy stuff that dumb friend of yours told you or you saw in a tweet. Second option, I have you institutionalized again, where they medicate the crap out of you, and you go back to zombie land forever. Play date with the kids just won't be the same. So when you guys, if you're in favor of Kanye West getting deleted or suspended from Instagram or any form of social media because of quote-unquote anti-Semitic comments, or you're in favor of Kyrie Irving getting suspended for five games in the NBA without pay, for merely tweeting a documentary, if you're in favor of people getting removed from social media for inciting violence or threatening violence or blah, 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 make sure you let Harley Pasternak know that he falls into that group also because he's incite he's threatening violence to Kanye West, he's threatening inoculation, and he's threatening non-consensual medication. So apply your opinions on hate speech, quote-unquote, equally. Let's get into the episode. First thing I wanted to talk about, Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney. She was newly elected uh, a month or two ago. A lot of people have been really upset, mostly people whose opinions don't matter because they've never been to Italy, they don't live in Italy, and nothing that Georgia Maloney does is going to affect them in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Anyways, I've been paying attention to, to Georgia Maloney. I did a lot of research on her when she was running for prime minister because it's no secret, I love Italy. Italy is my favorite place on earth. It's my favorite country on earth. I love everything that, about Italy. Anyway, that's kind of besides the point. I've been doing some research on her before. I did some research on her when the, the news broke that she was going to be elected as Italy's new prime minister. And then, of course, all of the severe amounts of backlash that the West have, has been giving Georgia Maloney, especially in the United States, the propaganda machine in the United States. They've been shaming her and they've been calling her fascist. They've been calling her the the reviver of Benito Mussolini's movement, blah, 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 blah. And I've liked a couple of the moves that she's made since she's been elected. The main one that I wanted to cover is her decision to abolish all vaccine mandates for the country of Italy. Also, She's ordered reinstatement for all healthcare workers who were fired over the vaccine mandates. Round of applause for me. I would clap, but it would probably break my microphone and break whoever uh, the speakers you guys are listening to this podcast through. Round of applause for me. That is a great, great, great step forward and moving, moving out of this quote-unquote pandemic and moving forward and moving on with our lives. That is one of many ways that governments around the world can show and take responsibility for the fuck-up that was the COVID-19 response. No matter what the government does, I'm not going to sit here and be like, the government is, is, is God. The government can undo everything that it's done. I've said this many times. The COVID-19 response was awful. 
90% of the COVID-19 response was preventable and could have been avoided. 10% of it, I give them, I give them a pass. Initial lockdowns for a couple weeks. Initial mask mandates or mask recommendations for the first couple weeks or even couple months. I'm totally okay with and I never was upset about them in the beginning. I, like everybody else, including the CDC, the WHO, the United States government, I didn't know what COVID was. And it wasn't scary to me, but it was a bit it was a bit crazy. It was a bit mysterious, and with that, some precautions should be taken. I have acknowledged that on this podcast a million times. Um, no one can ever misrepresent my stance on that. The beginning was crazy. It was a little different. We didn't. We, it was really different. We didn't know what was going on. Taking those precautions to try to spread the to slow the spread, quote unquote. Which I mean, they half-assed that because Donald Trump was notified at the end of 2019 about this virus that had leaked or that was spreading in China, and now we should probably stop flights from China. He, I don't know if he actually tried, but he, he, he definitely started some discussions about restricting travel from China. He was called xenophobic. And then you had big Democratic politicians like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi going to Chinatown in San Francisco, eating food and getting recorded with some Chinese people saying, see, you can come to Chinatown, basically insinuating that Donald Trump was racist against Chinese people for even discussing possibly restricting travel from China over this virus that he was told by his advisors could become a problem in the future. Anyway, I give the government a pass for those couple things. But once we realized that COVID was not as threatening and as, as big of a threat as they thought in the beginning, no more freedoms or liberties should have been infringed upon. Nobody should have been forced to stay home and not work. Nobody should have been forced to go broke because their jobs were shut down as commanded by the government. Nobody should have been forced to lose their jobs because they didn't get vaccinated. Nobody should have been forced to get vaccinated in the first place. You guys know my stance on this. You guys probably mostly feel the same way as me, and I'm preaching to the choir. Anyway, this is a great step towards not apologizing but taking responsibility and looking forward to the future. Reinstating all healthcare workers that were fired because of vaccine mandates. The next step for Italy should be reinstating all workers that were fired over vaccine mandates, but I'm sure they have something in the works. But at the bare minimum, the healthcare workers, you can't, just because COVID's over doesn't mean you don't need healthcare workers. You need healthcare workers 24-7. They're important. They're vital to the health of a, of, of a country and of a society. So this is a great step. Round of applause for Georgia Maloney. And let's hope that she keeps the Italian government trending towards the right direction. All right. COVID again. I just talked about COVID, the first topic of this podcast, and I'm going to talk about it again. So, The Atlantic newspaper, you guys all know and hopefully don't love, posted an article on October 31st of this year, and it's titled, written by Emily Oster, remember the name, Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. By the way, I want to let you guys know, The Atlantic has been sponsored by Pfizer many times in the past. Make of that what you will. So, Emily Oster, who is famous, if you go to her Twitter account and you search her tweets about 
the pandemic, during the pandemic, you'll see that she was one of many of many people who would benefit from declaring pandemic amnesty because of the horrid tweets that she made and the horrible things that she said about her fellow humans during the pandemic, including things that were discriminatory against people who didn't want to wear masks and didn't want to get the vaccine. Anyways, she asked that we declare pandemic amnesty, she says in the subheading, let's focus on the future and fix the problems we still need to solve. How do you guys feel about that? I'll probably do a poll or a questionnaire on Spotify for this episode to see how you guys actually feel. Or you can always comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on any of the posts and just let me know. Let me know how you feel about this article and about pandemic amnesty. I'll let you know how I feel. Let's not declare pandemic amnesty. Let's not waive responsibility for world government's response and the way that they treated people during the pandemic. Let's not let them get away with it. What do I mean by let them get away with it? What do I mean by, what is it that they're getting away with? Elderly that had to die alone in the nursing homes. Let's not give amnesty for that. The sickly that had to die alone in hospitals without loved ones by their sides, which they normally would if it wasn't for the dystopian, nightmarish, ghoulish COVID-19 restrictions enforced by the U.S. government and by world governments. No amnesty for the irreversible damage done to children's development in speech, social skills, emotional development, behavior development, the list goes on. No amnesty for myocarditis and pericarditis and the other thousands of side effects that are possible if you take the COVID-19 vaccine. No amnesty for the purely coincidental uptick and increase in miscarriages, possibly due to the COVID-19 vaccine. No amnesty for tens of thousands of permanently closed businesses. No amnesty for increase in suicides, mental illnesses, spousal abuse, child abuse, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, every single thing that could go wrong with families that could have been avoidable had their lives not been turned upside down because of the COVID-19 response. No amnesty for in-flight harassment over fucking masks. No amnesty for mockery of those who died after choosing not to get vaccinated. No amnesty for being fired over vaccine status. No amnesty for being denied care for you or your family due to the vaccine status of those in your family, or even just you, the person who's paying the bill. No amnesty for the media who made COVID political by blatantly lying to our faces, calling the Black Lives Matter riots safe, but conservative rallies super spreader events. No amnesty for politicians like Gavin Newsom, whose COVID-19 policies ruined the lives of tens of thousands of people in his state while simultaneously going against his own COVID-19 policies by going out to eat indoors, indoor dining, in a restaurant with all his rich friends with no mask on. And then what does he do? When he gets called out for it, when he gets caught, he doubles down and he says, no, we were inside. Even though the selfie, the picture of him eating inside with people, there's a fucking chandelier above his head. Really? No amnesty for Gavin Newsom. No amnesty for politicians like Nancy Pelosi making the COVID response by the current administration at the time, the Trump administration, a race thing. 
I talked about it earlier in this podcast. Oh, come to Chinatown. Chinese people eat food with them, eat their food, buy their groceries. They're fine. No amnesty for the pandemic response. We cannot, and I will not, declare pandemic amnesty, especially for government officials. Will I declare, will I, will I forgive some people, some normal people, for the way that they reacted during COVID? Yeah, maybe in the beginning. But I will not declare amnesty, and I'm not going to forgive the lunatics that are still tweeting at Aaron Rodgers and that one tennis dude who I can never pronounce his name, or just any normal person for their vaccine status, for not getting their third booster, or for still not wearing their mask now in November of 2022. Maybe I'll declare amnesty for normal human beings in the beginning, because people people tend to make mistakes. When times are stressful, when times are hectic, people might make mistakes. But as soon as you resort to violence or discrimination, I'm never going to forgive you. I won't forgive you. Maybe I'll forgive you, but I won't forget the way that you the, the way that you treated me and the way that you treated other people during the pandemic. I'll accept a normal person's apology. But it's going to take a lot more than just sorry or pandemic amnesty for me to forgive world governments. No pandemic amnesty. The next thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that Kyrie Irving Brooklyn Nets point guard, not only one of the greatest NBA players of today, at least offensively, but one of the greatest of all time. And I'm not, I'm not being dramatic when I say that. Uh, I'm a Celtics fan. Kyrie Irving was on the Celtics for one or two seasons, and it was a blast when he was on our team. And I was so upset when he left. Regardless whether Kyrie Irving is a great player or if he's the 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 last man on the bench on an NBA roster, the shit that he's going through is unbelievable, and nobody should support it, if you have a spine, and if you're a human being with a soul. So Kyrie Irving, if you guys don't already know, has been suspended for five games without pay by the Brooklyn Nets. Let's not forget, before I get into what he was suspended for, let's not forget what the NBA and what the Brooklyn Nets also did to Kyrie during the pandemic. Kyrie Irving was not allowed to play because of New York vaccine mandates. He was not allowed to play any home games resulting in the Nets having a pretty shitty record and barely make it into the playoffs. And then, of course, they got swept by my Celtics in the first round anyways. A lot of people, including myself, were like, hey, the Nets are a lot better than their record shows because Kyrie was not able to play in like half the games in the season, which is pathetic. So they didn't allow Kyrie Irving to play in the home games in New York because he wasn't vaccinated, but they allowed every other athlete and every other fan who went into that stadium who could still spread the virus just as effectively and efficiently as people who were vaccinated and had 857 boosters. They didn't let him play. So don't forget that. Keep that in mind as I talk about what he's going through right now. So Kyrie Irving has always been a provocative person. He's similar to Kanye West. He doesn't outright always declare his stance or his opinion on things, but he likes to get people thinking and talking because he knows he has a big platform. He likes to tweet. Sometimes people could say offensive things. I look at them as provocative, thought-provoking things. And he likes to say thought-provoking, provocative things at the, uh, at the media pressers at the end of games. He's always been that kind of person. Think about how, he's, how he said, oh, the earth is flat. He's a flat earther. What harm does he do to people by saying he's a flat earther? Zero. Absolutely nothing. I don't care what anybody says. You could suck a dick if you say that he's 
harming anybody by being a flat earther. Kanye West shared a documentary, tweeted a documentary to his Twitter, I believe, or might have been on Instagram. I haven't seen the documentary. I don't give a shit about it, but I know what it's about. It's called New World Order, and it talks about powerful, like uh, they, a, a crowd of they, quote unquote, a, 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 a group of powerful individuals that control the world and that influence governments around the world and in turn control the masses. For some reason, people have acted are, are acting like this is not a popular conspiracy theory or something that a popular belief even in the world today. People are acting like they don't constantly talk about the Illuminati or the Freemasons or the powers that be. It's such a popular belief that there's a phrase, a common phrase called the powers that be. Anyway, that all being said, a lot of people have been talking about how there's anti-Semitic tropes and anti-Semitic stereotypes, blah, blah, blah. It's, this is anti-Semitic. Ultimately, the Brooklyn Nets, because of all the backlash that they were facing, and because they're a bunch of spineless cowards, a bunch of dickless bitches, they demanded that at the next presser, Kyrie Irving denounces anti-Semitism. And this is what I'm thinking this is putting myself in Kyrie Irving's shoes. This is how I'd look at it. And this is how he probably looked at it because he ultimately decided I'm not going to denounce anti-Semitism, quote unquote. If I was Kyrie Irving, here's how I'd look at it. I'm a fucking basketball player. I've never in my life, through my actions or my words, shown that I am anti-Semitic or that I have hatred towards any religion, race, ethnicity, or creed. And you guys are insulting me. You're insulting my character. And you're insulting me as an individual by even insinuating that I'm being anti-Semitic by asking me to denounce anti-Semitism. Why are you making Kyrie Irving say the quiet part out loud? Do it yourself. You are the Brooklyn Nets. You have a bigger voice and you have more sway and influence than an individual player. You can denounce anti-Semitism and then go fuck yourself. So Kyrie Irving decided he's going to stand by his, his, his values and his integrity by not giving in and feeding into this bullshit. Because what is anti-Semitic about what Kyrie Irving did? How is tweeting a documentary anti-Semitic? This is what the Brooklyn Nets did, and this is what, this is what the public is doing. They're inventing their own definition of anti-Semitism. And they're saying, if you don't denounce my version of anti-Semitism, you are anti-Semitic. Silence is violence. Even if you do denounce anti-Semitism, you only denounced the real definition of anti-Semitism, which is hostility or prejudice towards Jewish people. That is the real definition of anti-Semitism. Talking about how there were powerful people in the world that happened to be Jews, and leaving it at that, is not anti-Semitism. Sharing a documentary called New World Order about the powers that be, is not anti-Semitism. So what they're doing is they're asking him to denounce a definition of anti-Semitism that he doesn't believe or support or even think is real or legit. I don't blame him. And this is what I hope happens. I hope that the Brooklyn Nets lose all five games without him. I hope their ticket sales, their jersey sales, their concession sales, whatever the fuck, I hope all of their profit plummets.
I hope every single metric of business that could aid in profit for the Brooklyn Nets, I hope that plummets goes down the toilet and I hope it hits an all-time fucking low. That's how I feel about this situation. And I hope that after his five-game suspension is up, I hope Kyrie Irving demands trade and I hope he goes to a team that supports player expression. And it's funny to me to see people who haven't even looked into this at all. Like I've said, I've said it many times, surface-level thinking is one of the worst things to ever exist for mankind. And everybody's doing it. I do it sometimes. Sometimes there's a topic that I don't really care about, and I'm like, oh, I don't care. That person's insane. That person's stupid. I'm not voting for that guy without looking into it too much. I'm not going to act like I'm not guilty of surface-level thinking. But everybody, you can just tell who has done surface-level research into this saga. And you're seeing people like that are, you know, that are owned, I'm going to say it, that are owned, they get their paychecks paid for, and the scripts and the words they're allowed to say come up from some corporate overlords. I'm not going to say who, but there are a lot of very all-time famous, all-time great NBA players that are now coaches or analysts that are coming out and they're taking a shit on their guy. Being a professional basketball player, being an NBA player, is already puts you in one of the rarest groups of human being possible. Basketball players are among the, the, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to athletes in the world. For 48 minutes, well, nobody really plays 48 minutes in the NBA because it's such a high level. But for, let's just keep it at that. For 48 minutes a night, sometimes back-to-back nights, players are asked to run and jump across the court. They're asked to sprint, jump, block, shoot, dribble. They're among the best of the best. And in my opinion, they should stick together. They should have each other's backs. But you got a lot of former NBA players and even current NBA players who are taking their their opportunity or they're taking the advice from their agent or whoever pays their paychecks, their corporate overlords, and they're taking a shit on Kyrie, calling him selfish, telling, saying he's this, saying he's that. I have family members. I have friends. There are people in the media that talk about how stupid he is. Oh, are we supposed to feel bad for him? He makes this much money for dribbling a a basketball? Yeah, because some people's morals and their values can't be bought and paid for. But people people who who would sell their souls for $100,000, they don't understand that. Kanye West said, 100 grand will make your best friends turn to ops. It's completely true. It's not even a hundred grand. You can give. You don't have to give anybody any money. All they need is likes on Twitter, and they'll take a shit on someone for their personal expression. Nothing Kyrie Irving did is anti-Semitic. Nobody can actually point out. Nobody has actually pointed out or highlighted anything that he's done that's actually anti-Semitic. And yeah, fuck the Brooklyn Nets. Fuck the Brooklyn Nets owner. I don't even care if it wasn't his decision. Fuck him anyways. Fuck all these spineless cowards that pretend that they are pro-player when it comes to professional sports. They pretend to be outraged that Colin Kaepernick is no longer in the NFL. They pretend to be outraged at the treatment of Colin Kaepernick, however you see it. You cannot be pro-Kaepernick and anti-Kyrie Irving because that makes you a hypocrite. You are not pro-player. You are not pro-player expression. 
you are not pro-player individuality. If you were outraged about Kaepernick, but you're okay with the way Kyrie Irving was treated now and the way he was treated during the pandemic over the vaccine mandates. Be consistent. But, you know, cowards are not consistent, so I'm preaching to the choir. The last thing I wanted to talk about is a report that North Korea launched a barrage of missiles. They did a bunch of missile tests, I think, uh, within the past week. And for the first time in history, one of their missiles was able to reach and hit the coast of South Korea. Now, this is a big deal. It might not be a big deal today or in the next week, but in the upcoming months and years down the line, this can be a serious problem. And this could potentially become, and it probably will most likely become, a big military conflict between not just North Korea and South Korea. People forget, people forget that North Korea is 100%, it's 100% a puppet of China. Probably everything that Kim Jong-un does and every decision that North Korea makes is, is vouched for by the Chinese government. I'm going to leave that with air quotes allegedly because I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want Xi Jinping to sue me. This could become a problem even worse and even bigger than the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And the reason, the reason is, is that not only is North Korea, North Korea, when they get the chance, when their technology is developed enough to where they can launch an assault on South Korea and possibly even invade South Korea and make South Korea just Korea or just North Korea, they will do it. They've been wanting to do it for decades, since the Korean War, and probably since before that too. I'm not a history buff, so I'm not, I can't really say with confidence. But also, China has been running military exercises because, of, because they are planning to invade Taiwan, because they want Taiwan to not be Taiwan. They want Taiwan to be China. It's technically called the People's Republic of Taiwan. China doesn't like that. You guys saw what happened to John Cena when he accidentally referred to Taiwan as a country. He apologized in fluent Mandarin because of all the money that gets raked in from China by the Chinese audiences for the Fast and the Furious saga. Anyway, this could become a major issue, especially for the United States, because the United States, as you guys know, has been the world's police and it's been playing the world's police for the past, not, not century yet, but coming up on a century. The United States is involved in almost every conflict around the world. Whether you like it or not, whether you look at that as a good thing or a bad thing, whether you look at it as spreading democracy or you look at it as defending allies or you look at it as war profiteering and the military-industrial complex at work, it's an undeniable fact that the United States has its finger in nearly every conflict in the, in the world, especially South Korea. I mean, there's no conflict there, but I mean, they have bases in South Korea. They have American troops and families in South Korea. This could become a serious conflict. If Taiwan is to be invaded, if South Korea is to be invaded, you know how many things the world relies on that are produced in Eastern Asia? A lot. I've been I've been reading some articles saying that Straight up, the new iPhone will not be available 
if Taiwan gets invaded. Because Taiwan is who produces the iPhone. They produce, or at least they manufacture the parts, or they produce the parts, I'm not sure. But this is a scary thing. This is a scary thing, and it poses as a serious threat. Not to just the United States, but the entire world. Because the United States has allies. And if the United States gets pulled into a conflict, our allies have an obligation to back us up. So it's like there's World War III around the corner and there's World War IV also around the corner. It's crazy. It's, it, it's terrifying to think about the possibility of war and to, to contemplate what kind of response the United States will have if Taiwan does get invaded by China or if North Korea does officially attack South Korea. It's crazy to think about and it's scary to think about Especially because it is, in my opinion, that a war with China and North Korea, it's like North Korea is like the little the little sibling that, that talks a lot of shit, but really like if the big brother wasn't there, it would I'd have already gotten blown off the face of the earth. Um, a war with China and a war in Eastern Asia would be a hundred times more catastrophic than what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Not just for the United States, like I said, but for the entire world. Because the entire world relies on a lot of things produced in Eastern Asia. A lot more than they do rely on things in Ukraine. Of course, we're seeing in Europe, the main thing that Europe relies on Russia and Ukraine for is oil and fertilizer. But in Eastern Asia, it's like all electronics. Chips for electronic, for electric cars. Hardware. There's a lot of things that the world relies on with Eastern Asia, and it's crazy to think about, and I really don't know what to think because I can only look at it from a civilian outsider perspective because I was never in the military, and I don't know a lot about military military operations in Asia and in Europe. I really don't. So maybe there's someone who used to be in the military or who's, who is in the military now listening to this podcast, being like, you're a fucking idiot, they are no threat, this is stupid, you're a dumbass, stop talking about this. Let me know. Uh, send me a DM, explain to me, please educate me, or maybe even come on the podcast, because this is really this is really all I can say on on this topic. It's just something that I wanted to discuss, because I want people to to at least be aware that there's some shit going down in Asia, and it could evolve into something much bigger and much scarier than it is now. Anyway, I wish I could have ended this episode on a positive note. I'll try my best. Um, merch. Merch is coming. I'm currently setting up uh, a shop through Etsy and a couple other uh, a shop through a couple other websites. Um, I'm tweaking it, making sure that it's going to be completely foolproof and that everything can go very smooth. For anybody who wants to purchase merch, who wants to support the podcast, I want to make sure that it all goes very smooth and it's really easy and hassle-free. So don't worry, guys. It's coming. I've I've been hesitant to push out merch and to rush it out because I want it to be, like I've said in the past, I want it to be high quality. I want it to last as long as possible. And I want it to be memorable. And I want it to be worth the money that people spend. And of course, like I said, 100% of the profits down to the last cent that is spent and that I make off of this merch is getting donated to the Child Mind Institute, which is a nonprofit that focuses on helping 
families that have children with mental illnesses. That all being said, stay tuned with the merch, stay tuned for any other future podcast announcements, and thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Don't forget to answer or participate in the poll or question that I post through Spotify. As always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there. Catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you.